Shiny. Toasty. I have a question for you. I knew you would. How would you like to invest in a hot new app? A hot new app? Yeah. Can I use crypto? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my God, get out of the boardroom. I misinterpreted the tone of this entire conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So we like to use DoorDash. We like to use Uber Eats when we're when we're ordering a meal. Sure. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dinner, brunch. This, this episode is not sponsored. It is not sponsored. Anyway. But if people like this idea, you know, go to the Discord and if you enjoy this idea, let me know and I'll consider you an investor. I'll give you a tag in the Discord that says App Investor. I'll think of a what, fun name. What? is this here's the all right so when we order through doordash or uber nine times out of ten we're looking for pizza or burgers right and working in restaurants and at working in at groupon i can tell you people want pizza or burgers that's like 80 percent of all takeout so why isn't there an app that's oh my just God, you've pizza? told me about this yes before. just pizza Aaron. no but like like you go on DoorDash and every pizza looks the same. Every pizza has the same stock photography. That's there's, not true. There's only so many ways you can take a picture Style of a pizza a pie. Pizza. Yeah. But like if there's an app that gets a deep dive onto like this mom and pop pizzeria or like the top 15 burgers in the area and they really do a deep dive as to why you should order a burger from that restaurant. I get, I, I get it now because this is like... When people go to those recipe sites on the internet and their favorite part is the story yeah. before the recipe, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's no one's favorite part, Aaron. No. People hate that. <laughs> no, but This like, app is not going to work. I, I want to know these farm-to-table, you know, well-fed, grazed pizza cows. Talk to me about your farm-to-table pizzeria. No, I'm just saying, I feel like sometimes I order a pizza pie on a DoorDash or a hamburguesa on a Uber Eats, and what I get is not what was pictured. What I want. So you, just, what if we scrap this entire idea <laughs> and the app is just accurate pictures of food from the restaurants? That that would I would never <laughs> order from Taco Bell ever again. Exactly. Taco Bell. Oh boy, we got some yeah. Taco Bell yesterday after Riot Fest, and it was you're, questionable. First of all, what's you're, up? Making it sound like all we eat is really shitty delivery. No, no, food. no, 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 no. Taco no. Bell and no, pizza no, no. and burgers. But I will let you know that you can get Wendy's on DoorDash, and sometimes you just want a baconator. Sometimes, sometimes it's just some people do. Hey, Liz, how are you feeling after day one of Riot Fest? Uh, a little tired in the body. In the body. In the body. Get up on that mic. There tired in the body. There we go. Yeah, I, I, you were you were down here, and I'm I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. I'm slouching because I'm again tired in the body. Liz, this was your first time seeing My Chemical Romance. Yes. Was it everything you expected? It was actually not at all what I expected. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. I think I just like thought that all sort of emo wailing bands had like the same looking frontman. Now, and when you say not- you know, wailing. I picture Moby Dick, but with eyeliner. Well, yeah. not not Moby Dick. Not, that's the whale. Moby Dick Ahab. is the whale. Yeah. Ahab with eyeliner. Ahab is such the name of an emo whaler, <laughs> <laughs> and he was also very emo and a whaler. So, <laughs> wow. So my chemical romance out. is just Ahab. Yeah, I bet Gerard Way would love that. I bet he would. Anyway, he was yeah. fantastic, and like 
kind of adorable. <laughs> like, <laughs> he for, he was dressed like this like grandma, which I wasn't at all expecting. Yeah, like, literally with like a headscarf and the like grandma dress. Um, but there's there's moshing, which we were far away from, yeah. and that's fine with me. But at the end of every single song, he would be like, "Everybody, take a step back. Everybody, back up." Yeah. Everybody it was really cute. Up. He was like, we're all going to take care of each other. Um, that was actually a big takeaway from day one of Riot Fest. This was my first time um, at Riot Fest. And every single person was so nice and personable. And there were no, like, I don't know. I didn't, maybe at the very end of the night, I saw like a couple of drunk idiots, but they were more just like swaying. Yeah. It wasn't... Uh, like at Lala and other music festivals I've been to, there's always like sort of aggressive bros that happen at, at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone was just so wonderful and nice at Riot Fest, which is, you know, not surprising on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like 90% of the people there are wearing like all black. <laughs> the most um, punk thing to do is to subvert to expectations nice. yeah. and be kind. Yeah, right? so... Uh, I'm not surprised because it's punk people, but I am surprised just to be at a music festival and have everyone be overwhelmingly charming. It had been, it's, it's been like maybe a decade since I've been to a music festival and Riot Fest. I wasn't sure what to expect, but oh boy, like high school me was having the time of his life. Yeah. You're already wearing the wristband again. Yeah. Uh, not the the entrance wristband, no, which no, we no. are also both wearing, but the sweatband. This is the same wristband that Chris Caraba wore during his MTV Unplugged performance with Dashboard Confessional. I dressed up as Chris Caraba for sophomore year of high school. I carried around a guitar. <laughs> I For the my... event of all of sophomore Halloween. year of high school. <laughs> for Halloween. Oh, man. Ah, oh, that album was so, so good. Uh, nice. Who are you the most excited to see at Riot Jimmy Fest? World. I figured. 100%. And that's happening tomorrow That's happening tomorrow at 5 p.m. at the Radical Stage. And tonight at midnight, Jimmy World's after show at the Metro. Wow. It's okay if it's just me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep... Oh, I know. I know. But I will come home full of pep and Vim, vigor. Vim, Vim and, and vigor. vigor. <laughs> Jim, full of Jim and vigor. And Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I'm going to take a five-hour energy at nine o'clock so I can fall asleep oh, at two o'clock. Oh, that's a good reminder. I want to yeah, bring yeah. some. Hey, um, so we actually have been trying to record this episode for quite some time, but we keep playing the game that we are going to talk about because we keep saying we need more research. And right. I think we could have done this a few days ago, but our zeal got in the way. What are we talking about today? Today. Today. We, today. Today. Hold on. Hold on. No, that's not... That's not you. It? It's a single word. <clears throat> wait, <clears throat> should I do the intro now? Oh, wait. Yeah, let's do the theme song and then we'll get into the game we're going to play. Okay. Three, two, now. Welcome to The Cooperatives, a podcast about a co-op... Nope, no, not that. No, <laughs> Roll it back. <laughs> back up, back up, back up, back up. Tired in the body. Tired in the body. Tired in the, tired in the body. Tired in the 
Welcome to The Cooperatives, a podcast about cooperative games and the people who play them. I'm Liz, and... I'm Aaron. I It snuck up on me. <laughs> he did. He did. Do, should I do it one more time? No, we're keeping it. All right, great. Anyway, today, we're talking about Fortnite. Fortnite. Colon Battle Royale. Colon, oh, well, zero build Battle Royale. And hey, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like Fortnite, it's okay. We didn't really love Fortnite until recently either. And this right. is going to be more than Fortnite. It's going to be about a few different topics. But, but Fortnite, mostly Fortnite. Yeah. And also, it's okay that it was a journey for no, us. I'm not saying it's not, but I do feel like when I tell people that we've been playing Fortnite, we get one of those looks well they're probably like just now just what now the game came out in 2017 yeah which i noticed well why don't you i'm i'm gonna say it came out in 2017 including the battle royale mode which is the one everyone knows about and i actually can't believe that it's only 2022 and it feels like Fortnite has been just a bastion of culture for far longer than five years. Yeah. So uh, you bring up a good point. 2017 is when the original game came out and the battle Royale was not a part of the base game. There was a campaign mode called save the world, which I actually played at launch with our now Fortnite buddies, uh, Paul and Matt. I, I believe I tried to play with our, our friend Paul and it's fun. It's nothing special, but it had a lot of really interesting mechanics. They sought to combine the building of Minecraft with a third-person cover-based shooter. And this is the studio that did Gears of War. If you put Gears of War up against Fortnite, you might say, how do these two things combine? Well, when you look at the mechanics of Gears of War and Fortnite, you can definitely see how it evolved. Fortnite, when it released, didn't exactly you know, top the charge. Church. The church. Take me to church. Take me to church. It didn't exactly top the charge in, oh my God. <laughs> tired in the it, body. Tired in the body. It didn't exactly sell well you on really, the church. You really, <laughs> really yelled that. I'm so excited for the rest of the show. I can't, I can't get into it. Anyway, it didn't sell super well. So they pivoted to a very popular game mode called Battle Royale, which was cribbed from... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which really just cribbed that from the Hunger oh, Games, which really just Hunger Games cribbed it from the Takami novel Battle Royale, which was released back in 2005. I don't think we can guarantee that most of those cribbing steps are accurate, although the PUBG thing was fairly well known. Yeah. There was a dispute about it. And PUBG exploded. That was the hot game for about a year. So everyone started putting Battle Royale modes in their games. In Fortnite, I actually did some research on this. They did a game jam and developed their own Battle Royale version within two months. So they put it in the game. It exploded. And now Fortnite is the game people think of when you say Battle Royale. Right. They don't think of Halo. They don't think of PUBG. It's really kind of a stellar look at, you know, if you have this startup culture and you can just pivot the kind of success that you can be, you know, right. that, that you can foster. It's really amazing. And this has been the foundation of Epic's sort of world takeover in the not major studio game space, although now it counts as I mean, major. Now they're a competitor to Steam. They have the right. Epic Game Store. Right, exactly. Um, and and so I I played briefly several years ago and i remember you you mentioned that building was sort of an important component mm-hmm. at the beginning and what i didn't like about it was you know so so 
we should explain a battle royale in yeah, case you don't let's, know. Let's go into is it. Is usually it's usually a hundred, but some number of contestants, and you're playing until only one person is left. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that it, this format has just taken over everywhere, like Tetris has a battle royale. There's all kinds Tetris of Tetris 99 is so Tetris great. 99 is really fun. Also, shout out to Chris Russell, who said that's the best battle royale in the Discord. It is a great one. There's a Mario one that was temporary, I think. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, they're kind of everywhere. But when this game started, you there was the sort of shooter aspect, thir- third-person shooter aspect. And then also, you had this ability to build things. And it was kind of... I still think it's clunky. It's it's I probably it's smooth too. if you really know what you're doing, um, but you build walls and ramps and you can even construct whole buildings and stuff. And so it would come down to like, maybe there's four people left and then it's just who can build ramps and run and jump off of them and shoot people at to the same the time enough yeah. to win. Um, and it, it always got too intense for me at the end. And I was like, it's not really fun that I'm just getting hung up on the building stuff and it's kind of frustrating. So I put it down for like three years, basically. <laughs> and recently we found out that there was a no build mode that was introduced. When was that? Last year? Uh, about April this year. Okay. So it hasn't been very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said it's staying. They said yeah. It's so staying when it, it was experimental, I think, when they released it and it's been hugely successful. Um, and there's you can play solo with two people, with three people, up to four people on your team, which is really fun. Um, And the no build mode makes it just a straight up third person shooter where you're running around this huge map and you can hide behind things and whatnot. And there still are some sort of wacky, it's not just like a war simulator. Like it's a little cartoony, it's a little wacky. There's like a bomb you throw that builds a fort instantly. The port of fort Yeah. Great puns. And you can still, and one aspect that they kept in the no build mode is that you can still tear anything down, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting part of Fortnite, including like some like trees. If you whack on them with a sword, they'll just (laughs) disappear. If you can whack on them with a sword, they'll disappear. Pretty much anything. I mean, um, nothing except for like huge landscape fixtures in the game is safe (laughs) so you could like tear apart an entire building if you whacked at it long enough um but yeah so the no build mode is what got both of us back into it and it's so much less stressful for me and so much more fun and to give this a little bit of context in uh 2020 i was playing every multiplayer online game I could because it was one of the best ways to connect with my friends that I couldn't see because of social distancing. And Fortnite was one of those games I picked up. And oftentimes I'd play with my buddy Ed, uh, Iron Rise Games. Go check them out. They're a great developer. Um, We would often get to like the last four or five people in a match. And then the other people would be so skilled at building that we'd get shot. We would get second, third, fourth place. And we'd be like, great. That's as good as we can expect to do because we do not like the building aspect. There has to be one on top, and it's always going to be probably some zenial that knows how to make a fort. Right, yeah. And, you know, I was just fine. like, I don't have time to get good at the building part. Yeah, and you know, more power to him. But it, it was always very inviting because Fortnite, and this isn't a knock, Fortnite is very good at its own style. Its own visual style is very strong. It's Pixar-esque, and it feels very inviting. And I think the secret weapon to this is 
With Fortnite, I don't feel a lot of stakes. I don't care if I win or lose. I usually have, well, not usually, I always have a good time because the game has a really great progression system that awards you for doing anything, for walking, for running, for shooting a house, right. for whacking a tree, for picking up items. You're always advancing. So even if you do come in 99th or you know 10th, whatever place, you're getting you get experience. Something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And- I think it's also, it is a little cartoony. We've talked about like the aesthetic of the game. It even has spawned copycats now. Like it's a very popular aesthetic. It's like a interesting combination between realistic and cartoony, like as realistic as a person shaped like a banana can be. Yeah. Um, Peely is his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and And it really relies on that wackiness. Like every character has a backpack. And you can get all kinds of different things to be the backpacks. And the genius that for Epic is that you can also buy new special things to add. So um, like, for example, one of the quote unquote backpacks in my collection is a slice of pizza. And it looks really fun when my character is wearing a slice of pizza on their back. And, And I think that part of it also is fun and is fun to do with other people. Like it's fun to see what you can collect. And they actually, another big thing that you've probably heard of is the emotes in this game because there have been the lawsuits about the dances in Fortnite. This is what the dances are, if you don't know. Um, Like in many shooter games, you can do emotes where like your character, it doesn't do anything really, but your character suddenly starts dancing or points or does something else. And there's hundreds of these and they're really fun to do, but there also are ones that you can do with other people. Like we were just talking about, there's one that came out that's a jug band band. that every time you add another person to it up to four people, they play a different instrument. So if you're all doing this emote at the same time, you could have four people just forming an impromptu band. And there was a sea shanty one last year. Back when remember when sea shanties took over the internet for like I a love month? sea shanties. Me so too. I'm in I'm in favor. It should come back, but I got an emote where I would sing like the bass part of a sea shanty. And if somebody else had the same emote, we could get like a like a four a seasons going. It was very, very fun. Yeah. But like that that sort of thing. It's a fun game and I feel like the zaniness is designed into everything they do. And they're able to just pivot and attach themselves to trends so easily. Right. It feels like a very zeitgeist game, but the core mechanics are actually very fun as well. Right. And that's why it's probably popular with your children and nieces and nephews, as well as people our age who are not zennials by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> we got tired going to Riot Fest <laughs> for one night. Right. Um, but- we haven't talked a lot about why we're discussing this on yeah. the cooperative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why now? Right. And and why now is a little bit because the no-build mode came out and we discovered it and realized it was super fun. We're still at that part in the pandemic when going out is not always what it feels safest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all kind of gotten into the habit the last couple of years of just not going out as much. <laughs> Potatoing, as we Potatoing. like to call it. Potatoing. <laughs> um, you know, and now we're in our mid-30s, which we weren't at the beginning of the pandemic. Um And so what we have really loved is playing this game with our friends who are not, you know, at our house. And we have also figured out a way to play as a couch Mm co-op with each other, which I'll let you talk about more. But to me, this is a real turning point because it 
allows us to like sit next to each other and feel like we're spending time with each other in a way that is We are spending time with each other even if it's just online, but it's nicer when you can be on the same couch. Exactly. Like when you're just talking on headphones, even if you're in the same house, it's not the same. So um, why don't you go into some of the mechanics about sure. why that works? Yeah. I feel like for the past two or three years, I've said that this new generation of video game consoles, it's not so much about visual fidelity, but it's about convenience. It's about bringing more people together to play, and cross-play has been an absolute game changer, literally, for Fortnite and for a variety of other games. And cross-play uh, is playing on different game systems, like the Xbox and the PlayStation can play online together. Yes, and before we go any further, I actually found a really great list of video games that perform cross-play. You've probably heard me talk about it with Destiny, with Apex Legends, but in the show notes, I have a link to a Digital Trends article that details like 50 or 60 games that take advantage of crossplay. So if you hear us talk about Fortnite and you think maybe that's not the way you want to go, there are a lot of different games that utilize this. But like Liz said, I can play on an Xbox, she can play on a PlayStation, friends across the world can play on a PC, somebody can play on a Nintendo Switch. And because the infrastructure that Epic has set up, we just need to be friends on the Fortnite platform, the, the Epic platform, and I can pull in anybody into that game and we can use the in-game chat. Right. Typically, we would all be playing on a PlayStation, but what we found, and we would use the PlayStation Party Chat, which works so, so well, but what we found is that in order for me to play on the couch next to Liz, I use the Xbox Cloud Gaming feature. Right, because we what we are not doing is setting up like two TVs next to each other no. with two different PlayStations. No, that's a lot. But I can get my iPad or my laptop, sign in to the Xbox Cloud Gaming through there, Bluetooth one of my controllers to the to the iPad or the computer, and sit right next to you and play the same game seamlessly. And this blows my mind for two reasons. One, that is the true dream of crossplay brought to life. This is what I've wanted for decades now. Oh my God, I'm old. But two, cloud gaming? It's working seamlessly. There's very little lag. Yeah, it's interesting. So some caveats to this, like this system will not work for everyone. You have yeah. to be like kind of committed to setting it up. And we are pretty close to our router. Right, right. So it's not always 100% flawless. Every now and then there's a little bit of lag. Um, but usually, even if it, it's happening in one game, if you jump into a different game, mm -hmm. it gets fixed a little bit. Um, and you have to be willing, you know, like when we do that, you are looking at a laptop screen and I'm looking at the TV screen, which like isn't ideal for long, long stretches of time. But I think it's it's the trade-off of like being able to sit next to each yeah. other without having to have like... I get to cozy up. We can be under the right. same blanket. And you don't have to have like a really... Putting two TVs next to each other with the same game system is like a very dedicated stance to take. Not something that is outside the realm of possibility for us in our lives. I would definitely do it. Right. But uh, that, you know, that's a commitment. And yeah, so yeah. you don't have to do that that's in order to make room. this work. And because of that, like we have a couple of different systems in our house. So like we could do this on the couch downstairs or on the couch upstairs. As you can tell, our current living situation is dedicated to potatoing yeah, I during mean, COVID. That's, that's pandemic living. Right. The value of crossplay, though, is such a uh, like it's not just a crack in the dam the dam is almost entirely gone and 
PlayStation has actually hindered a lot of crossplay attempts until recently they've been uh, unable to budge, but you're, you're starting to see some of these other games become available to crossplay. But people that, you know, may not have a PlayStation or may not have your platform of choice, you are now able to play with these folks using Discord because Discord is now available on Xbox. You will be able to do that on PlayStation, hopefully before the end of the year. And so, you use you use Discord to talk to each other, not to play the game itself. Yeah, yeah. so one example is with Destiny 2, the in-game chat is not super great. So what we'll do is if some people are playing on Stadia, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, what have you, we will set up a Discord uh, voice channel and then just kind of like turn the TV's volume down a little bit and hop in the Discord. And that's our, our voice chat. Soon, Discord is going to be a platform on all the major consoles. So you don't need to go through setting up a second apparatus. It's going to be much more seamless. So uh, if it hasn't come to your game system of choice yet, hang in there. I'm just saying the dream is becoming more real. And it's it's really been a great stress relief for me because I get to do more with you in a more comfortable way. I feel like I feel better about inviting people to play. It's a lot more inviting. Right. I'm, it's just a really great time to be in. Yeah. And, and so something about this game in particular is, you know, we've mentioned the aesthetic several times. And part of why that can be important is that it is a little bit more inviting. And again, all of this is with the caveat that this is a third person shooter. So if you really hate that concept, like you will never be entirely happy because it still is a shooter. And I get it because I stayed away from them for a really long time. And this being a bit more cartoony is is what makes it easier for me. Um, and like one thing I wanted to mention is part of what you can do, there's all kinds of uh, sort of sponsorships and collaborations with existing media. So like, what is your favorite character that you have that you can play? Okay. So Fortnite has turned into ready player one. You can be whoever you want to be. I have three favorite avatars because they're kind of unsuspecting. One is Ellen Ripley because she doesn't take any shit and her backpack has Jonesy in it, the cat from alien. And every so often Jonesy will peek out of the backpack and be like, great. Uh, Number two is venom because it's Venom, and I gave him a happy pink parasol to glide in on, and it just lines up with my interpretation of the character so, so well. Yours and Sony's now. Yeah. I mean, Venom is a romantic comedy. Venom 2 just doubles down on it. It's fantastic. And I think my third pick is going to be the one you hate the most, Liz. I picked up a new character (laughs) who is a giant ice cream cone man named Lil Whip. Lil Whip. Lil Whip comes with his own like R&B rap song, his own dance. Uh, his glider as it comes in is an ice cream sandwich with two ice cream cones on the side for engines. I love it. It's insane. And whenever I kill somebody with Lil Whip, I do his little little Whip dance <laughs> and I just know that they hate it. It's so much fun. Who's your favorite? Well, this will come as a surprise to nobody, but... I do have Aloy in yes. this game, yes. and she has two outfits. And so I <laughs> I really love that I can play Aloy in this game. Um, it's really fun. And she actually looks pretty good. She looks, All their character models are fantastic. Right. Like, it's not exactly the same as the Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's, very, it's like Aloy in their style. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and, still looks remarkably great. Yeah, and I have a lot of, like, 
second favorite, but but one that really sticks out in my head right now is um, I got this fox character <laughs> named Fenix. Um, and he looks kind of, he's really like if Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. was the size of a man and also a fox and not I, a raccoon. I think it looks like Star Fox. Yeah, that too. But but like a realistic looking fox, yeah, except yeah, yeah. for man size. Scary. Yeah. Terrifying looking. Um, and I always give him the pizza slice backpack and <laughs> call him my pizza fox. And it's great. And I really enjoy him a lot. Uh, Liz is also bearing the lead here. Liz is a monster at Fortnite. I have seen Liz go on kill streaks. Like the other day, you on a, you went on a six-person kill streak in the span of a minute and a half, and you weren't flustered. You were like, oh no, someone's shooting at me. That was the wrong move. And then you, <laughs> you unloaded on them in quick succession, and you didn't lose any health. You didn't lose any shields. There was a person crawling away from you in terror. You shot them in the ass with a sniper rifle. So what's so funny, this happens to me with pool also, of really? all things, is that I occasionally I go on this weird streak where I am like amazing, but then a lot of the time I'm just like a floppy noodle and I like can't <laughs> make anything work. And so it's always a gamble. So I am an interesting person to have in your fire st- <laughs> fire team because I, I mean, usually I feel like I can hold my own, but every now and then it's just, I'm a mess. So I got to make up for it with these occasional bouts of just Whatever Being that an is. absolute tornado yeah. <laughs> of chaos. You you were like the nothing from Never Ending Story, just right. devouring everyone that came in your way. And sometimes I do have this thing where if I'm like, oh, I'm trying to, because there's like side missions and things that you can do all within like the battle royale that's happening. So we didn't really talk about this, but there's an uh, like a big island with a bunch of different terrains on it. And that island stays the same for a while, the entire season, maybe several seasons, and then eventually they'll change it up. I think they've done it three times. Uh, about, and the rumor is that there's a new island coming right. in the next six or nine months. So when you start, everybody jumps out of this, what is it? Helium balloon plane it's thing. A, it's a it's a bus, but it's called something special. Yeah, like an Airbus. Um, the literally. battle bus, maybe? Uh. Yeah. And so you jump out, you glide down to wherever you want to on this island, and you're trying to get weapons and loot and whatnot because you start with nothing. And as time goes on, this, there is a circle in the island that slowly gets smaller and smaller. And if you're outside the circle, you will die. So it's forcing everybody to move into the same small area. And if it gets small enough and there are still multiple teams left, the, the circle starts to move around, which is really scary. That's happened to us a couple of times. <laughs> I saw it happen to you this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that is the basic mechanics of the game. Um, I just wanted to mention that because I, I know we're we're sort of talking like everybody might know, but I, I would not blame you at all if you haven't tried this at all yet. The thing that I did not realize is that there's a pretty robust quest system right. in every season. So this season uh, is named Vibin. Vibin. And I think next season is called Paradise. And there's like a Perfect. chrome aesthetic to it. It starts in 12 hours. Liz and I are excited. Yes. We're probably going to come home from the Riot Fest after show and try to play Fortnite. Oh, my goodness. Or you'll sleep and I'll wake you up at 7 a.m. and be like, it's time to Fortnite. Anyway, there are so many activities in this game that make you feel like you're getting somewhere. I referenced it a little bit earlier in the episode. There are quests just for running, sprinting, swimming, 
um, knocking people down, eliminating them, blah, 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 blah. But also there's a really interesting in-world narrative where you have to go to these different environments on the map, interact with things, talk to NPCs, accomplish specific goals. And like right now there's an Indiana Jones of all things quest going on. So I have to go to this ruins area. I have to find four different tomes. I then have to do a little puzzle and there's a very fun and lighthearted Indiana Jones type Raiders of the Lost Ark quest that I can complete. And at the end, I get Indy as my avatar. So now I have an Indiana Jones avatar. So it's not it's not just a battle royale. It is a lot of other game modes and user-created game modes as well. There's a Team Rumble feature that mirrors a deathmatch. There's some capture the flag things. There are thousands of different game modes. And earlier this week, we actually stumbled upon one of our favorite other things in Fortnite. We found a Doctor Who world. Right. An official one official, that yeah. was created by a team in conjunction with the Doctor Who folks um, that had a museum, a Doctor Who museum, which was really fun. Like, so you're in, you know, th- this is like, I'm, I feel so like fun. this is like what the Second Life people wanted. Um, <laughs> it really is. So you, so like, you and I went to this museum together, our two avatars, and we're just looking around. And I mean, it was a museum, right? So there's like a little statue of canine and then like a description of who he is. And whatnot. I loved finding canine. Yeah. That was, what a wonderful moment. Right. And, and, and there were like, there was like a silly little series of missions like on the, the main island for this Doctor Who world. Um, and it's a non combat zone. So it, what it's, so interesting what they've managed to do with this like set of assets that they have. Um, and, and the doctor who one is just a taste. Like there's hundreds of things like that. Um, not all of them are flawless. No, the doctor who one as great as it was, it's a little clunky. Y- you could see the limitations of the platform, but that being said, still really, really fun. And it cost us nothing. The game is free to play. So, Right. Yeah. So that's an important thing. The game is free to play. You can obviously easily spend money on outfits and other things. And, you know, my feeling is if you really enjoy something like that, it's worth it to to chip some money in because I know you're not really directly paying the people that worked on it, but like it's the success of the game trickles down and helps them. Um, And there are actually in a lot of the creator modes is what these separate things are called. Um, in a lot of those, there's a specific way to tip the creator of yeah. the mode, which is awesome, I think. So for uh, for the Doctor Who world, they actually listed who the creator was, and they gave you the option to switch to benefiting that creator for your next purchase. So I did that. I ended up buying a costume, and you know who knows what they get, but at least the option was there. It's very... And I'm sure there's people out there that are um, actuallying this, because who knows the ins and outs of how Epic works, but... Somebody does, but it's not us. It feels it feels very forward in that way. Yeah, I mean, well, and and this has been ostensibly part of Epic's whole thing, right? This is part of why they have their own store because they don't want the way the money is distributed to be dictated by somebody else, like Apple. Um, <laughs> that whole lawsuit, you for can example. Google. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and and. So you have all of those other modes, but even just the Battle Royale mode is very accessible. It's really interesting and fun to watch, even if you're not playing. 
um my my parents were visiting us oh my and, god Jim, and they they were in town for a wedding so they came home and we were playing and my dad watched for probably like 20 minutes before he realized it was Fortnite, and he was like this is what that's all about that's really neat <laughs> number one i don't think your folks have ever seen us play a game together yeah. in real life number two a little terrifying because I was like, I need to do well in this match. Well, you know, they would have judged you if you they died would, at the wrong I, time. Yes. Abs- they would be like, hey, you need to take it all back. Right. <laughs> you sleep on the couch tonight. <laughs> For your wedding anniversary, I don't care. Absolutely not. Um. Yeah. So it's it's fun to watch. So if you have, you know, it's, it's a fun game to do with a partner or with a family member, even if you're not both playing together. Um. But when you are playing together, it's a pretty good cooperative experience, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I was thinking maybe we could go through the Ko-Fi test and talk about where it falls on that. I would love to go through the Ko-Fi test. For a moment, can we take a brief intermission to talk about some uh, some show news? Show news? Show, well, I need to remind people about the poll. Oh, okay. Let's yeah, do the poll. Yeah. Okay. So number one, we have a Discord. There is a channel in the Hoodie Weather Discord for the cooperatives. We have some discussions there. There is a link in the show notes if you want to be a part of the Hoodie Weather Discord and talk about all the games that we're playing, cooperative stuff. It's all good there. Number two, the listener's choice poll for the game we're going to be covering before the end of the year is closing soon. We are going to be stopping the poll October 1st. You can head to bit.ly slash co Ops listeners choice in order to vote. It's a very simple Google form. It's two questions. You tell us what game you want, and that's how you get your vote. If you don't want to type in bit.ly slash co-ops listeners choice, it is also in the show notes. Open up the show notes, tap that link and get it. Right now, Gotham Knights is in the lead. And like, I'm not going to be unhappy if we play it, but I will say this: it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like an amazing game. So Aaron is worried about having to have a not great experience and then talk about it on the no, show. I, I'm worried about not loving Barbara Gordon. Batgirl has been through enough this year. But anyway, anyway, Gotham Knights is currently in the lead with 11 votes. Haven and Goat Simulator 3 are neck and neck with seven and eight votes. So whichever one you want, go vote. If it's going to be Gotham... Cool. I've accepted my fate. We're going to play it. I get to be Nightwing, which honestly sounds pretty great. But Haven is a really fantastic anime-inspired relationship RPG where you play as the two people in this relationship, running away from a bad situation, just trying to make it on the run. Bonnie and Clyde stuff. It looks amazing. The other game is, of course, Goat Simulator 3. Of course. Of course, right? I don't know what the co-op aspects of Goat Simulator 3 are. It, but it's a bullet but point. Allegedly, on, it is co-op. Goat op? No. Co-goat? Co-goat. Anyway, please vote. Anyway, <laughs> please, please clap. Bit.ly slash co-ops listeners choice. It's also in the show notes. Go vote. Exercise your voice. If worse comes to worse, you and me are fighting Mr. Freeze. That doesn't sound like a bad thing doesn't for the worst. Doesn't sound terrible. But after sitting next to you on the couch playing Fortnite, it's hard to go back to anything else. Anyway, Kofi. Kofi. Okay, so where we have settled for now on this Kofi scale, which we are open to suggestions mm-hmm. if we want to modify mm-hmm. it, are these four elements. 
Cooperation is required to win, meaning you can't do it by yourself. Everyone wins or no one wins. Players cannot hurt each other. And four, it discourages quarterbacking. Now, I was telling you before the show... And I think I mentioned this maybe on on the last show when on we kites. when we introduced the Kofi scale that I I think we may need to wait it. I think that cooperation being required to win is something I would want to wait extra because I think that is an important aspect of a cooperative game. Absolutely. So let's start from the bottom. Uh, discourages quarterbacking. I think Fortnite does because there's literally no way for you to control your teammates' actions. Yeah. So. I don't think it discourages, but it doesn't actively encourage it. But how would you quarterback? I don't know. Right. That's the thing. So I mean, like, it discourages it by the way the game is set up. Sure. Everybody is able to do their own actions, whatever they feel is best in the moment. They are not tied to another person's advice or, or anything. Yeah, like you you literally just cannot dictate what your partner like is doing. Like sometimes I die and you choose not to pick up my respawn card. So one of the other elements is everyone wins or no one wins. And so if you're on a team and somebody else dies, you can always try and bring them back unless the circle is so small that there's no respawn sites left. So basically, somebody if somebody gets enough damage that they're dying... They have a few seconds where you could revive them. And then after that, they're all the way dead. And they just leave a card behind, (laughs) a glowy card that is a respawn card. If you go and pick it up, then you can take it to like a respawn van. And if you sit there for 10 seconds, you can bring them back. You're the queen of this. You always pull this out in the clutch. It's really, it can be really tough, especially if the circle is closing in and your teammate died outside the circle. So... You don't die immediately outside the circle. There's this like pink storm that kills you slowly. So you can run out into the pink storm and get the card and come back, but it's always a risk. So um, in that sense, you can bring your partners back, but if you don't and you win, that still counts as a win for everyone on your team. So it's true that everyone wins or no one wins, but what's not true is that everybody has to be there for it to end with a win. So I'd say that's like about a 50% on that one. The only way no one wins is if you don't dance at the end. (laughs) I always forget to dance at the end. Um, Maybe, no, I'll give that a full one because there's a lot of games where it might end on one person's turn and that's a win for everybody. So that's- Yeah, I mean, Mansions of Madness, if you're the person that closes the portal, your whole team still wins the scenario. So that's two full points so far. Players cannot hurt each other. This is one where I I would go like a half or a 0.75 because technically there's no friendly fire, which is what it's called when you are shooting a gun or something in a game and it hits your teammate, which is great. Um, It doesn't do any damage because it's a little chaotic when you're in a fight in Fortnite. And if I had to aim to not hit any of my teammates, I would be a much worse player. Um, But you can take environmental damage in this game. Um, there is fall damage, for example. So we found out in terrible ways. That right. There is fall if your damage. teammate is driving a car or riding a boar or riding a wolf, which are options in the game, <laughs> and they punt you off the side of a mountain, you will die. You really seem to be saying this in a pointed way. I feel like way. I'm channeling a specific instance, but I don't know. It's funny because so, I don't recall doing that. Multiple times. So it is possible to hurt each other technically. Um, technically, I'm give that, the boar did it, not me. I'm going to give that like a 0. 0.5 or a 0. 0.75. We'll call it 2.5 sure. 
Um, and then the last one is cooperation is required to win. Now, this is an interesting one because that is not true for Fortnite. I mentioned that if everybody is on your team isn't alive at the end, that's okay. You can still win. But the truth is, like, if you're on a team with four people, one person could just, like, go rogue and do everything by themselves and not work with you at all and still win. And it would count as a win for everybody, but cooperation is not at all required. It's it's much more difficult because you're playing against other teams of four in that instance. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting twist because it's unusual to find a game that really meets every other qualification, but doesn't actually require cooperation. It's a very good cooperative game, I think, still, as long as everyone wants to cooperate. Yeah, and, and even if somebody doesn't cooperate, their uncooperation does not necessarily mean you're going to lose. You just right. don't get that at an advantage. And if that is the case, you can do a solo game, you can do duos, trios, or, or a, a quad group. You have the ability to tailor the game to your own specifications. And I'd like to talk about the accessibility stuff when this is done, because I really think they do a tremendous job. Yeah, yes, we should definitely talk about that. Um, so so basically, cooperation is not required to win, and you can, in fact, do it by yourself, even if you're not playing Liz a solo game. Liz has several times. Uh, we die and Liz carries that, us to- That hasn't happened. Yeah, I feel like you're overselling no, it no, 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 no. You're very good at this game. At any rate, uh, I think we're looking at like a- 2.5 out of 5 mm -hmm. on the Copi scale, maybe 2.75. Yeah, I would I would say 2.75 and I would even be inclined to move it up to 3 simply because the options you have to play this game together are really fantastic. So um, the you're moving up to 3 based on like vibes. Well, <laughs> vibing. But so this is it's like scale and then there's like a 0.5 you can use just from the vibe. Well, how many video games have we covered on the show where it's it's available on these platforms and once you buy it on that platform, you're locked to it. Right. You're and, right. This really is like the most open and accessible like this game is begging for you to figure out a way to play it together. Yeah, and and I mean, the only thing I can think of is you will not be able to play it on Apple devices, but even then there are workarounds to play Fortnite on Apple devices through cloud gaming and a browser. Right. So there's a lot of permutations for how you can form your party. And I would really re just love to see this cascade throughout the industry and open up these platforms because I'm really sick of, you know, only being able to play with people on that one platform. I right. should be able to play with anyone that has this game on any platform. And it does make it so much easier to play with friends or with family that you haven't like coordinated for years to have the same systems and make sure that you're on all of the same platforms. Like you could be like, oh, I know that my niece, you know, likes to play games on her computer and she plays Fortnite and I have a console and I can actually play with her without us having to like, you know, wait until I can convince my sibling to buy her a console, for example, something like that. I also feel like as much as I'm harping on the crossplay aspect, we have covered games that have implemented crossplay and they've always been a big bullet point for me. But the way that this game seemingly attracts a bunch of different core demographics really makes it accessible. If it was Call of Duty, I would not be saying the same thing because I know there's a lot of people that don't want to play a realistic, gritty wartime shooter especially right now but Fortnite, none of the shit's real right 
And and if you don't want to fight, there are other ways to spend time together on the platform in a way that is a little, you know, second lifey. Yeah. Um that, and that Doctor Who night was really it was very a turning fun. point just because I knew that coming into this episode, I was gonna be positive, but I, I really wanted to highlight the accessibility features. But seeing the Doctor Who stuff and going into the creative mode, which really just allows you to build things in a Minecraft sense made me see that this is more of a game or more than a game but more of a platform yeah so and and we've talked about accessibility a couple of times which is a great way to lead into some of the settings that we wanted to talk about um some of the accessibility features and and that in turn makes it more available for like people across different generations to play um and people with different abilities Mm -hmm. so you know, because you're playing against other people in the battle royale, you can't like turn it into a super easy game. But you don't have to do the battle royale. You can do other things in the platform. Um, but even if you are doing the battle royale, there's the ability for your teammates to heal you and to bring bring you back to life. So that is help, a useful addition. And something that I really is close to my heart is um, some of their sound options, which. I didn't even think of trying to figure this out for a while because it didn't occur to me that something so wonderful would exist, to be honest. This is a game where part of, there's a lot of sound cues. There's a lot of subtle sound cues. Right. There's people shooting in the distance and like depending on where the shooting sounds are coming from, you can say like, oh, there's people in a firefight over there. We're going to run a different direction. Um, There's footsteps. So if people get close to you, you can hear like thump, 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 thump of people coming. There's sounds if there's a car coming, if there's a boat on the water, if there's a wolf running nearby or a boar running nearby, all kinds of like if there's a drop coming from the sky, there's just tons and tons of sound cues. Oh, even if there's like a treasure chest Mm -hmm. that has a musical cue. I didn't even know half of these cues existed until we found this visual sound cue option in the setting. Like literally... I put that on and then I was like, oh, I guess the, the chests make noise. I didn't know that. And the way it works is so brilliant. There's like a sort of a circle of information around your character on the screen. And if there's a gunshot coming from like the northeast quadrant in front of you, then there will be like little blast symbols like in that spot on the circle or if there's footsteps behind you there will be a little footstep symbol behind you so it's extremely informative it's so helpful it's so helpful that like also our hearing friends use it because it it really is like kind of a big advantage because there's there's sort of subtle sounds to begin with even if you can hear Mm -hmm. or even if you like maybe can hear really well but you have difficulty parsing lots of different noises like there's a lot of reason that it would be easier to have a visual cue as well. That's where I kind of find myself. This year, I've noticed that I'm starting to have a little bit of trouble hearing some things in some situations. And so I turned on this wheel and it's enough to help me distinguish things. I can still hear, but I have a lot of trouble distinguishing between footsteps, a wolf running, and like a drop coming. So there's a visual indicator in the soundbar as well. There's little icons for feet, for the boar, and it takes up enough of the screen where it's it's slightly distracting, but the information that you're being given is so valuable and forward-thinking that 
I want every game to do this. The only yeah. game I can think of that does this really well is Last of Us Part Two. And I don't think, you know, to me, it's not any more distracting than subtitles on the screen. Sure. Um, it I've never felt like it got in the way of playing or like affected my ability to see something important on the screen at all. But it's really genius. I would love for all games to have a similar system. Um, and we had somebody on Twitter when we asked questions about it who talked about the visual aspects, right? Yeah. So I actually pulled people on our Twitter account, twitter.com slash cooperativespod. And I really just wanted to know if you play Fortnite, why do you love it? If you fell off, why? If it's if you're not a fan of it, tell me why. And I got a variety of very interesting responses that I think we've kind of responded to throughout the episode, but there were a few that I wanted to call out. Uh, Cast Collective on Twitter says, the bright cartoony aesthetic of Fortnite makes it easier for me to pick out distinct shapes through my sensory issues, and I like how they cycle interesting mobility options. The accessibility features in the game, which you can find in the settings menu, are already a huge help. But you noted before this tweet came through, and I think somebody in the Discord said this as well, that the art style makes it easy to distinguish characters on backgrounds, when people are running. There are certain settings you can turn on to highlight objects like this and heat map it in different ways. As far as accessibility goes, I'm going to compare this to Call of Duty Warzone where you're trying to blend in, you are putting on different outfits and you're getting in the grass. You can do that in Fortnite, but it's still accessible to people that may have those types of issues because the art style blossoms in a way that kind of a grim dark, a lot of green, a lot of brown, a lot of black palette doesn't allow you to do. Right. And and it's sort of the overall vibe, for lack of a better word, the, the culture of this game is not to... Um, camouflage yourself against mm-hmm. the background. The culture of the game is to be a walking banana or an ice cream cone or a space box His with a pizza name backpack. His Lil Whip. Thank you. I will never call him Lil Whip. His name, God damn it, we're not doing this on the show list. Anyway, um, it is just a... Considering the success of the game and the reputation this game has um, from sort of the IP disputes that have been out there and... I think people use it to kind of be like, oh, this is like a thing that eight-year-olds are doing on the computer, right? And so you you don't think of that translating to like an extremely robust game that is really fun for a lot of different people that pays a lot of attention to something like accessibility. That's free. Yeah. And it pays a lot of attention to something like accessibility and to the artists who work on it. Um, Some of the avatars, so they're they're constantly cycling avatars that you can buy in a store. They want your money. (laughs) Um, Right. And you can get money from playing and, and whatnot too, but um, some of the avatars are people in the industry. They're not just celebrities like you know, traditional movie characters. I was really heartened to see that uh, there was an outfit in the item store. I didn't recognize who it was, but it was a Fortnite streamer. Yeah. And they clearly really enjoy working with her. She seems to be a very positive queer streamer. And so they designed avatars around her which seems like a really great community focus. And that's yeah. not the first time I've seen them do that. And they're, I was going to say, they they do enough um, with having queer celebration in the game that I don't think it's just 
rainbow capitalism. I mean, everything like that is to a certain extent, but they they really do seem to celebrate it. And I think that's really cool as well. So it's just has been sort of a delightful surprise how positive my associations have been with this game, um, especially because online gaming can be, you know, a kind of a fraught situation, um, especially for for people that are femme. It's just been a really pleasant experience. And I, and kind of on that tact, I did want to mention you can jump in, like you could play with a team of four just by yourself or just you and your friend could join a team of four and you don't have to talk to them. I've only done it without talking to people and it's very successful that way. Like the game does not require it. It's fun if you want to talk with your friends while you're playing, um, but it's a way to kind of cooperate with other people, but without kind of opening yourself up to potential abuse from talking to people online. So one of the reasons that succeeds is because of the ping system. And that is something that Respawn's Apex Legends implemented when it launched, which is very simply, there's a dedicated button to basically point at something and bring an awareness to it. Right. And in Fortnite, you can go on the map, you can look at it in game. And as long as your cursor is on the thing you want to point to, you hit L1, I think on PlayStation, and it will drop a cursor there and it will just say, this is of interest. So you don't need to actually actually verbally speak to anyone. You can communicate without talking, which I imagine is a world of help for people that don't have that ability. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, from an accessibility standpoint, it's another great thing, um, both in terms of the communication aspect. And like I said, if you want to play with other people online, but you don't want to necessarily deal with talking to other strangers online. Which, let's be serious, I want to talk to strangers. I want right. to do it. We spent the whole beginning of this show talking about food ordering apps. Yeah, <laughs> just I, so you I'm don't have to talk you, to people. I'm telling you, the pizza app. Can you imagine opening up an app and so seeing I the most delicious burger? So I think that's everything that I have on this show uh, or on this game. You know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dreamlight Valley and my experience with it, but I think we're going to save it for the next episode. I think that's a good It'll idea. It'll be a great juxtaposition. We, uh, we're going to be doing Evil Dead the game for our next episode and... We're very lucky that we have been provided with two codes for the Epic Game Store for Evil Dead the Game. We're going to be rolling out a contest to give away those codes. Liz and I jumped back into Evil Dead like last week. Going from Evil Dead from Fortnite is jarring, but I'm telling you, I really enjoy Evil Dead. The expansion brings Mia from the third... uh, the expansion brings Mia from the 2013 Evil Dead game uh, movie, and she rules. I can't wait to play more of that. But uh, yeah, so there will be a contest to get the codes. It it's will just involve be, demon summoning. It will involve demon summoning, but also it's going to be pretty simple. Right, you're just going to have to like look at a Twitter, look at a Facebook page, find the book of chaos, find or the whatever Necronomicon, it's yeah. say it backwards, so you spawn the demons. Nothing too hard. Nothing too hard. Nothing too hard. And I'm also going to talk about Dreamlight Valley in two weeks because it's an adorable game. Adorable. It's really fun. Are you ready to riot? I'm ready to riot. We have to go see Yellow Card play all of Ocean Avenue. Holy shit. I wish everyone could see how excited you are right now. The album came out in 2003. That's a 19-year-old album, Liz. It is. Oh, my God. I was... Oh, no. I was so young. 
Anyway, y'all, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up for this year episode of the Cooperatives List. Do you have any final words? Nope, that's it for me. Okay, great. Well, this podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment and ours. We love doing the show and we sure do love you listening. So come back often and feel free to add the cooperatives to your favorite podcatcher. As always, reviews are very welcome and help the show succeed. So please review us. We know it takes you time. We appreciate it though. You can also follow the cooperatives on Twitter at Cooperatives Pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash cooperatives pod. If there's a game you think we should play and discuss, let us know. You can also tell us your game suggestions if you go to bit.ly slash co-ops listeners choice. Liz, let's go riot. Let's go. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.